Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. All right, Bruce, before we get going, uh, you and I are getting together on a Sunday here to catch up for the episode that was supposed to air this past Friday. And we know that that would have been, or I guess it was the 60th wedding anniversary of, of bullet Bob and, and his beautiful wife, Mrs. Armstrong. And sadly, right as you and I are sitting down to record, uh, we get the news from road dogs, Twitter that his mom has passed away, uh, bad timing, but I know you wanted at the top to just go ahead and address it because I know how much you think of the James boys and well, the whole Armstrong family. Well, um, yeah, sad news. Uh, Gail James, the wife of Bullet Bob Armstrong and, and mother to the greatest clan of wrestling brothers ever from Brad Armstrong, Scott, Steve Armstrong, Road Dog, uh, Jesse James Armstrong. Uh, we lost Gail, and Friday, they, at least Friday, they got to celebrate 60 years of wedded bliss. And I know that meant an awful lot to, to the bullet and it meant an awful lot to the boys. Uh, my condolences and my love and support go out to, to Brian Scott and Steve and bullet and uh, great family, great people. And just really, really sad news. Godspeed Gail. Thoughts and prayers for the whole family. If you uh, grew up uh, loving this era of WWE, you know, all about the Armstrong contributions to wrestling, but if you grew up in the South, especially, man, they were such a big part of our wrestling lives and, uh, you hate to hear anybody losing their mom or their wife like this. So thoughts and prayers to the family. And, um, we hope we can provide you a necessary distraction today. Welcome to something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Fritz. 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 Well, you know. That's not a rib. She booted. She booted. Is that a rib? No, you have a meal. There's no box of gimmicks. Rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. It, it, it. Was he there? I was there. Say something about I don't give a shit. <laughs> I ain't scared of shit. I ain't scared of shit. Fuck him. Q Bruce. I love you. Good night. Yeah. So big. Yeah. 
Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to something to wrestle with a very tired Bruce Pritchard. Bruce, what's going on, man? How are you? I heard it was your birthday. Happy birthday to you. It was your birthday. Yesterday it was. I know that to be true. Well, thank you, kind sir. And, uh, how, how old are you? I'm 39 today. Yesterday I was too, I guess. Tomorrow. Flair, I'll be Rick Flair and I had an argument over how old you were. How did he, how old did he think I was? He thought you were in your forties. I said, I don't think that Conrad's breaking the Ford barrier yet. And then we went on to talk about our trips in Alabama, like 39 years ago. Hmm. There you go. And we started thinking going, Hmm, could this be? Oh my God. And yeah, neither one of us ever came to a clear cut, definite decision of yay or nay, or just whatever. But we I'll, both realized that he could be your daddy. Well, you gotta wonder if mom was a wrestling fan when she was younger, if she hit up some old shows that maybe Akeem. The one man gang was on. I mean, it's just natural to jump to that conclusion a little bit. Well, Rick and I were just trying to compare notes to make sure it wasn't either one of us. No, that would have been super weird. Well, you know what though? I'm, I'm really glad that you made time. I guess everybody knows uh, the deal. Now we were supposed to drop this show this past Friday and well, things in wrestling are very fluid these days. And, uh, we had to call an audible. So now we're getting together on the 28th, which is a Sunday to talk about vengeance. 2005 Friday would have been the exact 15 year anniversary for this show. It went down on June 26, 2005 at the Thomas and Mack center in Las Vegas. We've got 9,850 fans in attendance. It's going to do a 0.92 buy rate, which is roughly 429,000 buys. We're coming off the oh so historic one night stand pay per view, which we recently did a show on, which is available in the archives. Vengeance is a raw brand pay per view, and the most recent raw pay per view was Backlash, where we saw the new world champion Batista retain the title by beating the man he beat for the title, Triple H. It was a WrestleMania rematch, and here at Vengeance, we're going to see the third match between these two, and here they're getting it on in a hell in a cell. Let's get into some news and notes from the company from the time. But before we do Bruce Las Vegas, not really a hotbed for wrestling. It almost feels like over the years, Las Vegas has had a love hate relationship with WWE. We would see some pay-per-views just draw terribly. And at the last minute, you know, the company's doing buy one, get one promotions and whatever they can to just get people in. And then other times it feels like. The crowd is super hot for the show. Is Las Vegas one of the more challenging markets because it is a travel town, like it's a destination? Or is it just there's so much competition there? What would you chalk up the weird dynamic between WWE fandom and Las Vegas? 
I think all the above, when you look at the majority of the people in Las Vegas that are coming in, it is a travel destination and people come there to gamble. They come there for entertainment and they go for entertainment for the most part that they can't get at home, wherever they are, are traveling from. For the most part, WWE is available all over the world and it's not something that you can only get in Vegas. So from a tourist perspective, man, they're, they're getting all that they can get only in Vegas. From a local perspective, same thing holds true, that they have access to all the entertainment in the world year-round. And those that are fans, they're boisterous, they're loud, they're loyal. However, just for whatever reason, has never really been that hotbed, that spot that you go to to pop the big house. We did WrestleMania 9 out of there. Did very well at Caesars, but that was also WrestleMania. So it just has always been, I kind of liken Las Vegas to Austin, Texas. Great markets individually. However, for us, not always the best markets. You know, Bruce, as a three-time Karate Black Belt Hall of Famer, if there's one thing you're well-versed in, it's pain. And I've read a lot about the relief that CBD offers from the extreme aches and pains, but what if there was something better than CBD? Well, I found it. It's called Leafa, and it's a brand new relief cream that works on contact, and you don't need a prescription for it. Leafa contains over 3,000 milligrams of CBD and beta-caryophyllene. Plus, it has menthol. For those that don't know, beta-caryophyllene is another phytocompound like CBD, but instead of just reacting to receptors in the body, beta-caryophyllene binds to them, making it more powerful than just CBD alone. Leafa is the only formula on the market that contains these ingredients, and they combine for a more fast-acting, targeted relief on contact. By the way, it feels really great. With social distancing and sheltering in place, I've been trying to keep a little more active at home, but I'm not really that motivated because I'm tired and achy. I get really stiff and sore and I need some relief. I applied the Leafa to my joints, especially my left knee, and man, it felt really great. It absorbed fast and left no greasy residue. Leafa made my left knee feel so much better on contact. It smells great too. It's not like a bad medicine smell, but don't take my word for it. Try it for yourself. Experience Leafa's relief. It's a free $60 value during Leafa's nationwide free trial. Now, all you've got to do is pay the shipping. To get your free Leafa, just go to getleafacomfort.com. That's getleafacomfort.com for your free trial. That's G-E-T-L-E-F-A-C-O-M-F-O-R-T.com. That's getleafacomfort.com. Let's uh, let's talk about some news and notes as we head into this show. We saw the 05 draft come to an end on June 30th. And for the first time since the draft started back in 02, the draft takes place over a four-week period. Help me understand the logic in stretching the draft out. You just trying to milk every little bit of this? Or what's the thinking in making it not just a one-off, but a four-week deal? To create as much talk as you can and to fuel speculation. It Instead of doing everything in one night across the two brands on different nights, it was a way to 
yes, stretch it out and get as much bang for the buck as we possibly could, but also to fuel speculation and to have some good last minute changes uh, at the end that you, oh my God, he's not going to go. He's not going to go. Oh shit, he goes. Um, So it was designed that way just to, again, continue to get people talking and keep them talking. Did you hear who got traded uh, Monday night? Oh shit. Did you see who got traded on SmackDown? And then hopefully keep that momentum for more than two weeks and stretch it out to four. Not big fan of it, but it's what we did. The top 10 picks were John Cena to raw, Chris Benoit to SmackDown, Kurt Angle to raw, Randy Orton to SmackDown, Carlito to raw, Muhammad Hassan and Davari to SmackDown, big show to raw, Rob Van Dam to raw, Christian to SmackDown, Batista to SmackDown. This does go to show you who the company is really sort of banking on here. I mean, these are the major players and there's a couple of projects along the way. I think a lot of people would say Carlito, well, maybe could have been more there. Muhammad Hassan and Davari, we know they're going to have ton of heat, ton of momentum, but it's going to burn out. And then Christian, Christian feels like the sort of leftover here that, Hey man, he was almost to that level and a stop and start as they may have tried with him over the years. It doesn't feel like he ever had the same momentum that his partner edge had was Christian still, uh, a project here in 2005, trying to find his own identity, if you will. I think so a little bit. However, again, from day one with Christian, I always thought that he was underrated yep. and never truly given his his full due for his talent because look, I mean, the guy could do it all. And no matter what you want to say, uh, he was boring. He was this, he was that to me. He wasn't to me. He was, uh, always entertaining and was able to bring it when that damn bell rang as well. So I just think that it was in the right place at the right time with the right story. And, And sometimes you can have the greatest talent in the world with not the best story in the world. And you, you got to look somewhere. Well, you guys are looking for the next big thing. And one of those big things is going to be, you know, the big shuffle. And at midnight on June 30th, WWE.com would announce that, uh, Eric Bischoff and Teddy long as the GMs of the respective SmackDown and raw brands had agreed to some trades traded to raw are Mark Jindrak, Rene Dupree, Danny Basham, Kenzo Suzuki, and Chavo Guerrero. Of course, Jindrak and Suzuki are released the following week. Chavo's going to be given a new gimmick. Traded to SmackDown are William Regal, Candice Michelle, uh, Sylvain Grenier, Simon Dean, and Stevie Richards. What you, Sylvain who? Exactly. Hey, chat me Grenier. The, the shuffle. Is this a Vincism or is this just creative teams needing new characters to work on respectively? Yeah, it is. It's when you're looking at, you still need dance partners. You still need people to work with. And I think that Pat Patterson had, and I'm not saying this is what 
we looked at it as in this way, but uh, you need you need new, and new shit is better than old shit, uh, regardless. So new talent is better than old talent. Sometimes when you take that old talent and you shuffle it into a new area, they become new again. So it's to be able to do something different and give people a new um, paint a coat. I love you for saying that. You know, Bruce, we always talk about plans change, pal, especially in the wrestling business, but it happens in real life too. I mean, just look around. If I didn't know any better, I think Bruce booked 2020. Shit sucks. But while we're waiting to see if 2020 is ever going to turn babyface, I want to tell you something that can make life a little less painful in the meantime. Of course, I'm talking about the incredible pain relief topicals from CBDMD.com. And if you want to feel fast relief and make your big comeback against the monster heels we've been facing these days, you're going to want to check this stuff out. You see, CBDMD's freeze pain relief gel combines the proven pain relief properties of menthol with the incredible power of CBD. CBDMD's recover pain relief cream takes all the things you know and love about CBD and combines it with a wide range of useful compounds, including an FDA approved pain reliever. And this is one that I truly believe in. I use it. My wife uses it. My mom and dad use it. And I know some of you are on the fence or maybe you've just learned about CBD and I get it. It's new and it's different, but I can't recommend this stuff enough. And I really suggest you start with CBDMD and here's why they make everything right here in the USA. And by the way, it's with hemp grown also here in the USA. Their products are always tested at independent laboratories for safety and effectiveness. Those tests also confirm there's no detectable THC in any of their products. And you can look up those tests for each product batch on their website and see it for yourself. CBDMD offers a 60 day, no hassle guarantee on everything. And if you have a question, their customer service team is based in North Kakalaki and you're not going to get shifted to some call center overseas or something like that. CBDMD wants to make CBD affordable, accessible for everyone. And all you have to do is go to cbdmd.com and use our promo code DUTE. That's DUTE. You know what I'm talking about, like DUTE, DUTE, DUTE. Get 25% off your entire order when you go use that promo code D-O-O-T, DUTE. And there's no minimum, there's no limits on how much you can order with that code. You can try a bunch of different stuff with your family or just pick your favorite. So one more time, get 20% off your entire order superior cbd products from cbdmd.com by using the promo code duped at checkout you'll be glad you did let's uh, mention an interview that brock lesnar did with the bismarck tribune he's asked here why he signed on with wwe despite having another year of college sports eligibility and the potential of perhaps competing in the olympics and he writes i locked myself in the basement of the house we were living at for a whole month because I knew WWE wanted me and I didn't know what to do. I just made that decision when I was digging in my pockets to chase my buddies out to grab a beer and a steak or something. I was digging deep and there's nothing in them. And I said, it's time to open a new chapter and see what happens. And he also talked about what he did when he first came in. He says, I had to go in with an open mind, keep my mouth shut and my ears open. They didn't just stick me out in the ring. I trained for a year and a half every single day. I committed to myself. I committed to Vince McMahon and I wanted to be a pro wrestler from the day I signed on the dotted line. I turned that switch 
and I just wanted to become an entertainer. I got the same feeling out of it. I did as an amateur wrestler and regarding his attempt to make it in the NFL, he said he had no regrets quote. The only regret I would have is never not doing something. I can tell my grandkids and my kids. I mean, I might not have made the team. I was on the practice squad, but how many kids from Webster, South Dakota have got a football card in a Minnesota Vikings Jersey. I'm man enough to admit that I wasn't ready for that either, but I just threw myself in there. You know, these interviews with Brock really stand out because Brock is like the inventor of social distancing. He doesn't do a lot of interviews, but (laughs) this is good stuff here. You know, hearing what his rationale and his thinking is, I was broke. I needed to make some money. I went to do WWE. I really committed to myself and worked every day for a year and a half. And then ultimately not regretting the, the dabble in the NFL because he would only have regrets of things he didn't do sort of appear into the mind of a very successful individual. And this sort of sums Brock up to me. It does. And and that's Brock looks at something as a challenge. He conquers it and he moves on. And that's really just who the human being is. And when you do talk about social distancing, he's the master of it. (laughs) You're not getting, not going to get within six miles of the man unless he, he chooses to. So he's made that very clear and has been able to practice that for a long time. Of course, more recently, Brock Lesnar has been closely associated with uh, Paul Heyman. Wade Keller would report Heyman has not been re-signed. His contract is up at the end of the year and WWE still may not renew his deal due to political grudges, a lack of trusting him and a general lack of respect for quote unquote wrestling knowledge in WWE's current sports entertainment environment. This is, uh, I don't know, man, you could, you could say that this story was happening in 01 or 05 or many other times. I'm sure, but Paul Heyman playing hokey pokey with will he stay or will he go now? What do you remember about 2005 and the rumors already being out there? Hey, what if they don't let him come back? Was there concern that? Maybe he's going to try to do something with impact. I don't think there was really ever any concern of him doing something with impact at that time. That's for sure. So, uh, you know, Paul's Paul, Paul's talented guy. And you always are going to wonder what Paul's going to do next and, and what he wants to do. So that is always going to be his decision and left up to him. I don't think that, look, you can't worry about what someone's going to do when they're not there anymore. You just, you can't, you'll drive yourself absolutely insane. And, you know, Paul has had some great runs and I think that Paul had had a great run at this point. And for whatever reason, it had been time to move on. Well, we should also talk about somebody else who's trying to move on. And that's Matt Hardy. Of course, we remember everything that happened with the whole love triangle. And we've covered this in great detail. in one of the very first something to wrestle episodes, of course, we're talking about what happened with Matt and lead on edge. But after you guys made the decision to cut Matt Hardy, he started to get a lot of grassroots support online. He's really one of the first guys to utilize the internet in this kind of way to rally a fan base. And it almost becomes like a low key bidding war between you guys and TNA. It feels like both companies are having conversations with him and he's going to become a, essentially the, uh, the beneficiary of that. 
of course we know he's going to get brought back and have a big match at SummerSlam and be off to the races. This is really one of those first times that I can recall the internet being such a big piece of this quote unquote worked shoot storyline. It was a very interesting and unique dynamic to say the least. You know, it was, but it really didn't have that much of a impact on things. We utilized it, but from the business point of view, I think that I don't, I don't ever remember there being any kind of a bidding war between the two and I wasn't involved in it certainly. So to say there definitely was or wasn't, I can't tell you that, but I don't remember any kind of bidding war. I do remember, um, coming into the situation and just looking at it like, why not? Right. You know, there's a story here. Why not make, make that story into a fictional factual story. So, um, creative reality and let's take it and put it into our storylines and let, let's tell that story because it's emotion. There's real feeling there. And it's something that most people can relate to whether it's happened to themselves or it's happened to a family friend or they know someone you can relate to, uh, love gone away and someone falling in love with someone else and, and so on and so forth. And, Matt had become this underdog that you wanted to see succeed. You wanted to see Matt overcome. So no one had really pitched a story other than, you know, poor Matt. Matt, you know, got released from the company and poor Matt, you know, because of all this stuff going on in life. Matt wasn't released because of everything that was going on. It was just Matt had been released, but then there was a little bit of a groundswell with all of this shit, and that story, the real-life story, became extremely interesting for people to look at and go, well, shit, what if we take this and we turn the volume up on it, and we tell that story on television, and people can scratch their heads and go, God, man, is this real or is this Memorex? And for our younger fans out there, Memorex was a tape. (laughs) It was a a cassette tape, and they used to have a commercial where they had Ella Fitzgerald. Ella Fitzgerald was a very famous singer who had a very high pitch to her voice. She could shatter glass with her voice. And they would have a commercial, and you'd see Ella Fitzgerald sing, Ella Fitzgerald sing, and she would sing, and the glass would break. And then they would uh, show the glass again, and you would hear her voice singing, and it would break again, and the camera panned over, and it was tape. Some Memorex tape. So is it real or is it Memorex? Who really knows? And that's what we did. We decided to tell that story and brought Matt back with a story that made sense and that got him right into the mix of things. Well, we're ready for the pay-per-view here. Let's get going. Uh, we're at vengeance. JR, Jerry Lawler, and the coach are on commentary. Carlito is going to beat Shelton Benjamin in 12 minutes and 45 seconds with a quick roll up to retain his intercontinental title. Wade would give it two and a half stars. He would write the announcers played up Benjamin's injury sustained at raw six days prior to slowing him down. 
Carlito used the exposed top turnbuckle. Then Benjamin knocked himself out on an attempted stinger splash. Good opener, man. I love both of these guys feel like both are criminally underrated. I think Carlito could have been one of the biggest stars Shelton Benjamin, arguably one of the greatest athletes in the history of WWE, just a natural makes everything look easy. And this was no exception. Great opener. I dug it. What'd you think? Well, it was, it was a damn good opener, damn good match. And probably the biggest reason behind it is Shelton and Carlito being friends. Hmm. They were friends. They had chemistry outside of the ring and they had good chemistry in the ring. So when Carlito had his working shoes on, holy shit, man. Um, I got to say that when I first saw Carlito in Puerto Rico working for his dad and then Carlito came up to WWE and and his style changed a little bit. He, He slowed down a little bit, probably due to some direction but when he wanted to go, very few people in the world could touch Carlito work-wise. Yeah, I mean, he was such a great performer, and it's a shame that we didn't get to see, I don't know, a bigger, more high-profile run for him in the WWE. Hey, man, you want to get over with the wife? Give her some of that magic spoon. No, I'm not talking about something else. I'm talking about actual cereal, all right? Here's the deal. Cereal is something that's probably not a big deal in your house unless you have little kids because little kids like me, man, we all love it. And then you grow up and you realize, uh, I can't keep eating this. Well, now you can, thanks to Magic Spoon. And I'm telling you, I'm over like Rover in my household because my wife loves the blueberry. My mom is digging the frosted. I'm still rocking that fruity or the cocoa. There's four amazing flavors here that you can enjoy with zero sugar. You heard me, zero sugar. How's that even possible? 12 grams of protein. That's right, cereal with protein. You're gonna get a great start to your day with that. And there's only three net grams of carbs in each serving. It tastes amazing. It really is too good to be true. But if you're on a special diet, check this out. It's keto friendly. It's gluten free. It's grain free. It's soy free. It's low carb and GMO free. I can't recommend this enough. It's been a game changer for breakfast in my house and it will be for your house too. It tastes great. It's easy and you get to enjoy it guilt-free and you actually feel better. Or at least I do when you have breakfast in the morning, I think everybody knows it's the most important meal of the day, blah, blah, blah. Well, dude, how about 12 grams of protein in your cereal? Go to magicspoon.com slash wrestle and grab your variety pack and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code wrestle at checkout and get yourself some free shipping. And by the way, Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's packed by a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash wrestle. And use the code wrestle for free shipping. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast and, well, helping us get over at home a little bit. Savewithconrad.com makes saving money fast and easy, but don't take my word for it. Last Carl right there in Michigan. He writes, I want to say big thank you to Derek Jones, who was super responsive and informative. Not only did we save more than a hundred thousand dollars on our mortgage by removing several years off of it. He also saved us a few months of payments In follow up Conrad and Steve were super helpful. When I had additional questions, you can't go wrong here with save with Conrad. Definitely worth a call to understand what your savings could be. Carl gave us a five-star review. And as you heard, saved more than a hundred thousand dollars 
How much can you save? Find out right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. And oh, by the way, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. If we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. We're licensed in more than 40 states, and even credit scores in the 500s will qualify. So what are you waiting for? Go to SaveWithConrad.com right now. Uh, Victoria and Christy Hemi get five minutes and nine seconds. Victoria picks up the win with a roll up using the bottom rope for additional leverage. Uh, Wade Keller used one word to describe this one intense. Of course, we know that Victoria is uh, quite the in-ring performer. Christy Hemi was a bit of a WWE project, but, uh, Hey, she made a niche for herself. Did she not? You know, she did. She, she did uh, playboy and she was a player for a while, but, uh, you know, the match was what it was. It was short, sweet, and thankfully it was short. Backstage, we see Todd Grisham interview John Cena, who said he feels like the new kid on the block at his first day at school. Grisham reveals that he peed his pants in biology class in 10th grade. And from then on was known as Todd Pissum. Cena was silenced by the revelation. And that builds to a strong crescendo in hyping his title defense, according to Wade. Uh, help me understand what's the thinking in revealing uh, this Todd Pissum story. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Todd just was feeling like sharing extra a little. Oh my God. Listen day. to you. But I mean, no? on, on pay-per-view though, this is just a little silly, but perhaps nothing sillier than. Kane working edge with Lita. They get 11 minutes and 19 seconds. Kane picks up the win with a choke slam. And uh, Wade would write Kane fought off outside interference by Gene Snitsky. You know, it's not my fault. Lita and Edge's briefcase to secure the victory. There were chants of, We want Matt. You screwed Matt. She's a crack whore. All directed at Lita following Kane's victory. Jim Ross declared that Kane was back to his monstrous form. Two stars. This is just sort of here for me. I mean, we know the backstory with everything that's happened with, with Lita and edge and specifically with Lita and Kane, but then the whole Snitsky interference and the baby. And <laughs> this is all just silly nonsense, but now it's just background because what everybody really wants to talk about is the whole Matt situation. And I mean, it's the loudest thing on the pay-per-view to me, and maybe it's just because I'm looking for it, but, and by the way, I hope that we can do better and we're not chanting. She's a crack whore at wrestling shows ever again. Chat me yeah, up. That would be kind of nice. Yeah. Well, let's go with that. Chat me up though. The silliness of Kane and edge and these, we want Matt and you screwed Matt chance. Well, I think that the the story between Kane and Edge with Lita and the love triangle on camera at that time was it, it was entertainment. It was good shit. And then you throw in there Snitsky and punting uh, the baby doll into the audience was truly one of those. We thought when we did it, like, Man, is the audience going to buy this? What is that reaction going to be? And the reaction was exactly what we were looking for. Kind of a, you know, what the hell just happened? 
So that part of it was good, and it just created a lot, but there was a section of the audience and a very vocal, loud section of the audience that wanted, you know, Matt and wanted Matt back with Lita, and they were going to voice that, and they were going to get it going whenever they could, and they let themselves be heard. It's not my fault. That whole baby punting thing. My God. Uh, backstage, Todd Grisham is going to interview Shawn Michaels. Who's going to indicate he wants to even his record against Kurt Angle and top his WrestleMania performance. Uh, and I, I guess we should acknowledge the next match is indeed a rematch of one of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history. We've recently talked about it. Shawn and Kurt doing their thing here as a reminder during the Royal rumble match in January. Sean would eliminate angle and retaliation angle returns to the match and eliminate Sean and then attacks him outside the ring that creates an interpromotional match at WrestleMania 21. Of course, angle was a part of SmackDown and Sean was on raw angle gets the win over Michaels by forcing him to tap out to the ankle lock on June 13th on raw angle is revealed to be the second draft pick for the raw brand. And later in that show, Michaels would challenge angle to a rematch at vengeance, which of course Kurt accepts. So here we are 26 minutes and nine seconds. Sean gets the win after hitting the sweet chin music and, uh, Wade loved it. He gave it four and a half stars. He says they worked a very similar match to the WrestleMania classic with the same pacing, finishing sequence and offensive attack by angle. They did a good job playing off the finish at WrestleMania 21 angle had Michaels locked in the ankle lock, the hold he previously submitted to for an extended time. Michaels eventually breaks the hold and scores the victory with the super kick. This was two seasoned pros putting on a wrestling clinic. I think if you're going to go watch one match on this show, this is the one, is it not? Good Lord. Um, Awesome doesn't even begin to describe it. it. It was one of those when you talk about people who love what goes on inside the ropes, inside the ring. Well, after the bell rings, I like to say. This was an example of just two of the greatest doing what they do and and being the greatest with one another. Just a superb match and emotion takes you up and down and you felt that either guy could win at any moment. Sean just, um, put himself in place for Kurt. Kurt made sure that he was there for everything. And you gotta, you gotta remember even, even at this point, Kurt's still, you know, Kurt's not 10 years at the, in the business at this point. He's one of the greatest in the business at this point, but he was still not a seasoned veteran by any stretch of the imagination, but he was without a doubt, one of the best in the business uh, at that time, along with a guy who some would consider one of, if not the greatest of all time. So the match itself, it's a pleasure to just kind of sit back sometimes and get lost in the emotion and get lost in the storytelling of a wrestling match that tells you a story with what they do in the ring. And that's exactly what that match did. A tremendous match. Go out of your way to watch it. 
I mean, I don't think we can say enough. We listen, I love to get on this show and shit on stuff and beat Bruce up about stuff, but dude, this is just great pay-per-view stuff. Uh, afterwards backstage, we're going to get coach talking to Batista about being the underdog against triple H Batista says triple H needs to kill him to walk out with the world heavyweight title. And of course, triple H interrupts. This causes a pull apart brawl. Lillian Garcia walks out and invites viscera into the ring. <sighs> she gets on one knee to propose marriage to viscera. A reluctant viscera says, I think I'll take that into consideration. And then the Godfather and five hoes interrupt this segment to break up the serious tone and nature of this proposal. And Godfather tells Viscera to fulfill his sexual appetite on the hoe train before tying himself down to marriage. Viscera ponders his two alternatives and then ultimately decides to uh, take a ride on the hoe train. Lillian cries. Bruce, this is pay-per-view. What the fuck are we doing? Having fun. It's all it is. Lighten it things up for a minute and and be able to take what was to be a fun-loving character and, and just have a little fun with it. Think we'll ever see a... Uh, I do not. <laughs> I love you. Before I had a chance... Nope, I do not. Uh, and listen, you could just fill in the blanks because the answer is I do not. Hey man, how are you listening to this podcast right now? Well, if you're like me, I like to listen to podcasts with earbuds and the earbuds I've been rocking lately are the new ones from Raycon, the everyday E25 earbuds. I think it's the best ones yet. It's got six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise isolating fit. What I enjoy best about Raycon's wireless earbuds is not only are they comfortable, I sometimes even forget I have them in. This is perfect when I've got a day full of conference calls or I'm just wanting to binge a bunch of podcasts. But unlike some of those other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet. I'm not going to like a freaking goof with those white dangly stems out of my ears. But really, if you know me and you know anything about me besides my love of wrestling, you know I love to save money. And you already know that Raycon earbuds started about half the price of those other premium wireless earbuds on the market. But yeah, they sound just as amazing. And I think even better because of the bass. But you don't have to take my word for it. Ask Snoop Dogg or Ray J or Cardi B or Brandy or J.R. Smith or Melissa Etheridge. Celebrities are lining up to endorse Raycon because they're legit. And they're truly affordable. And they're even more affordable because you listen to this show. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon and 15% off your order when you go to buyraycon.com slash wrestle. That's buyraycon.com slash wrestle and you'll get 15% off your Raycon wireless earbuds. That's B-U-Y buy Raycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N, buyraycon.com slash wrestle. Uh, the next match is a triple threat for the WWE title. It's John Cena defending against Chris Jericho and Christian on the June 6th raw. John Cena is raw GM. Eric Bischoff's first pick in the draft. Cena is introduced as raw's newest member in Chris Jericho's segment, the highlight reel, but Christian interrupts and calls Cena a poser. And this was a continuation of a run-in they had at the Royal rumble pay-per-view. 
where Cena and Christian um, had a, a little bit of a back and forth. And Christian is going to claim that he is a better rapper than Cena. And at the time, Cena was a member of SmackDown. Christian was on Raw. Cena, of course, rebuts Christian's comments, does a bit of a freestyle about Christian, which then leads to a brawl. The same evening, Cena enters a feud with Bischoff by refusing to participate in Bischoff's war against ECW at one night stand. And then on June 13th, the day after that pay-per-view Bischoff books, a title match between Christian and Cena at vengeance. Although Jericho protests the idea of Christian being the contender to face Cena for the title later that night, Cena and Jericho are in a tag match against Christian and Tyson Tomko. Of course, Cena and Jericho win. And after the match, Jericho turns on Cena and attacks him. And then Bischoff changes the original match between Cena and Christian to be a triple threat match, which gets us here. 15 minutes and 19 seconds. Cena picks up the win. <sighs> Tomco is here too. That's a name that we haven't spent a ton of time talking about. Why? You know, and I, I know sometimes it's, it's a little weird to try to piece all this together. Why did we think, or why did creative think that Christian needed something else? He needed a quote unquote heater. He needed a heavy, he needed a Tyson Tomco who thought Christian needed something for his presentation. And how did Tyson Tomko get the nod? I don't know that anybody thought that Christian needed it. It was more along the lines of Tomko needed something to introduce him so that Tomko could become a player. He was a big guy with an interesting look. He had a good aptitude for the business. He, he was really busting his butt and trying to, to get to the next level. And the feeling was, well, let's put Tomko with a talent that could maybe bring that out of him, bring more of that personality out of Tomco. And it was more for Tomco than it was for Christian. It wasn't about giving Christian a heater. It was about giving Tomco a seasoned star to be able to go in and show him the ropes and be able to give him credibility. So uh, that position was more one of building Tomco than it was enhancing Christian. Well, here we are. Tom Coe is kicked out of the ringside area earlier in the match, but of course he's going to return to assist Christian. The first segment of the match was a standard triple threat wrestling. According to Wade with one-on-one -on -one action in the ring while one wrestler was on the outside, the five minute finishing sequence involved some well-timed sequences and convincing near falls, which led to the dramatic finish where Cena lifted Christian for an FU spun his feet into Jericho to knock him out of the ring. And then hit the FU on Christian for the win. Three and a half stars. You know, a lot of old school guys say, man, these three way and four way, these are all giant clusterfucks. What'd you think of this one? Cena, Christian, and Jericho, 15 minutes here. I thought it was damn good. And it told a good story as well. The idea here was to build John Cena even more and get John Cena into that positioning where he's the top guy and he's, he's going to be, I thought it was good. And I thought it was good utilization of every single person in the match. You got Jericho and Christian who had known each other and they had good chemistry and everyone had good chemistry individually with each other. 
so the three of them thought they pulled off an excellent match and told a really good story to take us to John Cena being the man. And that was the story of the triple threat. The next match is for the world title. It's our main event. It's Batista defending against triple H in a hell in a cell match. We mentioned earlier how Batista beat triple H to retain at the last raw pay-per-view backlash. And he won the title from triple H at WrestleMania. Following backlash, we see a gold rush tournament, and these are matches where we're going to determine a number one contender to face Batista for the world title. In the first round of the tournament, Kane would pin Christian. Shawn Michaels would pin Shelton Benjamin. Edge would pin Jericho and Chris Benoit would beat triple H by submission. By the way, if you missed that Shawn Michaels, Shelton Benjamin match, I don't want to give you a spoiler, but you should go watch it in round two. Kane would pin Benoit and edge pin Shawn Michaels. And then in the finale, we see edge pin Kane to become the number one contender. And on the May 23rd raw, Batista faced edge and Batista retained after a Batista bomb. But following the match, triple H would attack Batista with a sledgehammer and then challenge him to a hell in a cell. And then of course, after making the challenge, triple H hits the pedigree on the world title. Batista, of course, accepts the challenge, which leads to a big contract signing for their scheduled match here at Vengeance. And they get a ton of time, as you can imagine. 26 minutes, 58 seconds. This is an unbelievable hell in a cell. I don't think enough people talk about it enough. Uh, I, too, have been guilty of just irrational hate towards all things Triple H in this era just because I was bored. But you go back and you watch this sort of on its own. What a fucking performance four and a quarter stars is what the torch gave it. Wade would write the finish came when Batista set up a Batista bomb, but Hunter was going to hit Batista with a sledgehammer on the way up. However, triple H couldn't swing the hammer in time and Batista executed his finisher to deliver the final blow in the match. Both men bled heavily late in the match. Batista kicked out of the pedigree. They used the chain, a barbed wire, steel chair, triple H's sledgehammer the ring steps and the cell walls, all as weapons. Each time triple H introduced a new weapon, Batista used the weapon against him. They did a good job with the match formatting the finish sequence itself was predictable. If you really thought everything through yet perfect for the circumstances four and a quarter stars, this was good shit, man. I, I, I know there's a lot of irrational hate out there in this era for triple H, but He's pulling out all the stops here in the hell in the cell. And by the way, he lost at vengeance. He lost at backlash. He lost at WrestleMania. We have cemented with a clean sweep three and O Batista is a bona fide main eventer. Yes, he is. And right here is just one of those where not really, not really remembering it. Until you sit there and you watch it, and then you go, well, fuck. Um, just enjoyable as hell. I mean, it was, it had everything in it. It had, it had blood and guts. You had the chain. You had sledgehammers. You had, you had chairs. You had all the gaga. And it, it made you feel that story. It made you feel the emotion of the hatred between two men in fighting over a championship. It was very well done. And I think that at the end of the day, you kind of sat there and here's, here's the best, 
the best way that I can explain it. After you watch it, you feel exhausted. Yeah. And that's, you know, when you, when you're exhausted watching a match and you could then sit there and feel what the performers just went through because you're feeling it with them and you're feeling it with them. Good Lord. What is it? Uh, 15 years later. Yeah. That says something. And, you know, Batista, I think, has always been one that people said, oh, I got by on his looks and his his physique. You know what? Dave could go. And Dave busted his ass to get where where he is in every every single step in his life. And I don't think that some of the critiques that have been heaped on him are fair. I don't feel the critiques that have been heaped on Triple H are fair either. And, you know, here's another example of where he went out there and made the match and just it was absolutely incredible. That's all you can say about it. All right, listen up. If you're behind on the times, you might not know about e-bikes and how they're sweeping the nation. And I got to admit, I didn't know a ton about e-bikes, but I've learned it's a cross between a traditional bike and a moped. But unlike a moped, you don't need like a special driver's license. But when I started to get down the rabbit hole on e-bikes, I learned, Hey, this is for more than what I imagine it is. You can use these for your commute. You can get around town You can get out in nature. You can even haul your kids around. You can go grocery shopping, whatever you're looking to do. It's possible with a rad power bike. Rad power bikes have changed the game, but don't take my word for it. Check out all the great press they've been getting. They were voted best affordable electric bike in five categories by electric bike review. And they're now officially the largest electric bike brand in North America. Now what's cause in all this? Well, it's simple. It's truly affordable. You see their bikes start at 1200 bucks and all of them are under 1500. Now by comparison, other e-bikes in this category, they're going to be like in the $3,000 range. And we should mention that these are good for every purpose. See some of these other vendors, they're trying to sell you bikes that are very specialized. These red power bikes, they can do it all. Take a look for yourself. You'll see what I'm talking about. And you'll also see how much more affordable it is because you listen to this show. To show the appreciation for those that service, Rad Power Bikes is offering a $100 discount off all their e-bike purchases for active or ex-military, first responders, teachers, even students. And this is an incredible gift for someone in your life who loves being active and outdoors. The Bischoffs are rocking it. They're loving it. I can't recommend this enough. And by the way, if you've got questions, they've got an incredible customer support team that's there seven days a week to answer any questions you might have. But now's the time to get one of these because Rad Power Bikes is offering flexible financing for as low as 0% APR. And right now is a limited time offer. You get a free accessory with the purchase of a bike. That's right. Get a free gift up to $100 in value and free shipping to the lower 48. To get this special offer, just text the word BRUCE to 64000. That's Bruce to 64,000. Text Bruce to 64,000 and rock your rad power bike today. Really a tremendous match. I mean, I can't recommend it enough. I mean, you've got sort of the best of both worlds. This is a, a bit of a sleeper pay-per-view because it's not a SummerSlam. It's not a WrestleMania. It's not a Royal Rumble. So it's not going to be something that necessarily people talk about for years and years, just because of the branding. But just as a whole, when you can start with Shelton Benjamin and Carlito, you know, you're going to have a good show. 
But then you want to talk about just a tremendous sort of classic wrestling match. Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels Shawn, put on yep. a clinic. And then in the main event, man, blood, guts, violence, old school cage. This had everything in it. This is a great show. It, and again, when I'd asked you before, man, what, what am I in for here? I was like, oh, Bruce, just go watch the damn things. So we can do the show. And <laughs> you forget. You forget. You look at it on paper and go, eh, okay, I don't know. But this was one that you can go back and watch and say, damn, you took the words out of my mouth. That was really a great show. Top to bottom. I absolutely loved this show. Uh, I just think it's, it's one of the, the sleeper episodes of the year for the WWE, as far as the pay-per-view. And I hope that, uh, you get a chance to, to check it out and sort of celebrate this great show from maybe a forgotten era of the WWE. I mean, Oh five, it feels very much like, you know, a company in transition. And that's maybe never more evident than the next night. Hulk Hogan makes a surprise return on raw. And he's announced as being the third partner to John Cena and Shawn Michaels for a six man tag against Jericho, Christian and Tomko. And the finish comes when Hulk Hogan gives Tomko the big boot followed by a leg drop for the victory. And Jr. said something about this special moment saying there are nights. These are the nights that remind you why you love the business. It's really a, a forgotten era of sorts, you know, that right after Hulk Hogan comes back and he did an interview with IGN. He says, after the match was seen, I told him, brother, now that I've been in the ring with you, now that I see how good you are now, I want to wrestle you. So get ready. And he says he was totally psyched. He told me it was like a dream come true, but I want to see what he's made of. I'm friends with him. I love the guy to death, but I think he's somebody instead of wrestling three or four years and using wrestling as a stepping stone for something else. Cena is somebody who can help keep the art form alive and can carry the football for 15 to 20 years. I think he's the new man. I would also love to see a great match for me and John. I know the fans would love to see it. Of course, we know that doesn't happen. Uh, Hulk still has one big match in him that I know everybody's looking forward to us discussing. It's at the next SummerSlam against Shawn Michaels. But, you know, to see Hogan out here doing interviews, talking about Cena. Do you remember him pitching? Hey, what about Hogan Cena? Absolutely. Uh, you know, Hulkster was always looking for that next mountain to climb and the next, that next superstar to conquer. So yeah, you're looking at Cena you're looking at who you want to be in the ring with and, and play with and have fun. Of course it's John Cena. So yes, I definitely remember that. And I definitely remember Hulk going, holy cow. This, this is going to be good. It was good. It's, uh, it's fun to sort of fantasy book. Why do you think we never actually pulled the trigger on it and did it? I think because Hulk was already gone <laughs> before we could. Hulk is really like, and his most, you know, hokey pokey ish here is his relationship with Vince in 05. Would it be fair to categorize it as sort of love hate? I think it was always love hate, but yeah, during this time again, it's they both love each other unconditionally, and that just turns to craziness sometimes when everyone gets together. So yeah, it's it's nuts. 
Let's, uh, let's also mention that that raw the night after this show does a 4.4 rating, which is the biggest raw since September 10th, 2001. So we can say, well, Hulk Hogan, this well, Hulk Hogan, that, but the night after this pay-per-view where Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle put on a clinic and certainly triple H and Batista did Hulk Hogan returns and it gets a 4.4 rating. That's gotta be high fives all around. We should mention, by the way, that raw is also notable because Kurt Angle wrestled Ric Flair there. And, um, the match was set up earlier in the night when Rick was confronting Kurt about claiming he's the best ever and the best of all time. And, uh, he calls himself a mark for angle, but then said he could counter all of angles offense. So it's a fun little story about Kurt and Rick and they get plenty of time too. 16 minutes on raw. That's a ton of time on raw. This was fun to just sort of sit back and take a look at, Hey, what was going on 15 years ago? It was, it was kind of like, you know, that, that moment in time captured and it was also a fun time too. I, I remember, you know, before this doing edge and, and Hogan as a tag team and just the thrill of, of edge getting to work with Hogan and, and so on and so forth. Um, look Hulk's Hulk. And, and I think that from a legend status of people in the business that grew up idolizing Hulkster as a kid, and maybe he was the one that made them want to get into the business. It, it was a thrill to work with him from a, a professional standpoint. So it's just, uh, Hulk being around and being able to work with him, uh, it's still, you get to work with Hulk Hogan. And that, at that time, was the end-all, be-all. Hey, man, you want a life hack? Well, here's one for you. We all shop online. And then right at checkout, we see that little promo code field, and it almost taunts us. And I get tweets about this every day. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is now a thing of the past. Honey is the free browser extension that finds promo codes for you and automatically applies them to your cart. Imagine you're shopping at one of your favorite sites. And when you go to check out the honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds as honey scans its database of all the working coupons for that site. And then boom, watch those prices drop. I can't recommend this enough. I tried this the other day. I was ordering some shoes said hey let's go ahead let's do it apply coupons boom save some cash i even did it on pizza last week this works on everything Uh, i I think i saved like 15 bucks on shoes and i know for sure i got a free appetizer with my pizza this is almost too good to be true it's just right on your browser you just click a button boom it's all done and oh yeah it's free i can't believe this is real Honey has found over 17 million subscribers. I'm probably 17 million and one. You can be 17 million and two. But more importantly, they've saved us more than $2 billion in savings. And they support, I know what you're thinking. What, what sites is this on? They support more than 30,000 stores online, like Walmart and Lululemon and Newegg and DoorDash and Forever 21 and on and on and on. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free money. You hear me? It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. 
And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. So you get to help us out and save money on a bunch of stuff. Why wouldn't you do that? Get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash wrestle. Go do it right now. It's joinhoney.com slash wrestle. I'm going to spell that for you. J-O-I-N-H-O-N-E-Y. Joinhoney.com slash wrestle and keep more of your own money. What a life hack. Joinhoney.com slash wrestle. Luke from Eastern Iowa writes, seeing as how this show took place in Vegas, I'm sure the boys and girls took some time to hit the casinos. Does Vince go to casinos? If so, what does he like to play? Any big winning stories? How about you, Bruce? Does the crew have a favorite casino? So lots of gambling questions here. Does Vince gamble? Uh, Vince, I think there was a time that he used to, if he, Vince gambles every time that we run a show. Uh, <laughs> but, I, you know, Vince used to like to play blackjack, uh, baccarat, and uh, craps. Mm. He enjoyed the craps tables. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. Uh, I like I like my blackjack, and I like my uh, three-card poker. Is there a spot, like a go-to, that you remember uh, everybody liking to uh, to gamble? Back in the day, probably Caesars. Mm. And then later on, it became the win. Any good uh, stories you remember about one of the boys hitting it big? I remember uh, just Gorilla Monsoon, who I loved to go to the casinos with because people bowed down at his feet. But I remember the weekend in Atlantic City that I was going to ask my wife to uh, marry me. And Monsoon had set everything up for me at Caesars, and he and Maureen were were there for the weekend. And, um, I used to love to go take weekend trips with, with Gino and his wife, uh, Maureen, and he'd take care of everything. You know, you'd have your suite set up at Caesars and everything was taken care of. But one day sitting at the high roller blackjack table, watching monsoon drop $30,000 was Holy shit for me. And that this was, you know, um, mid nineties. That was just, a, that's a lot of money to, to lose in a morning. It's a lot of money to lose in a year. Yeah. But to lose it in a morning, <laughs> you yeah. know, and that was just kind of, holy shit. Fucked up. Um, Phil Milan. Right. Did you guys know yet that Christian was leaving where there reports that this was one of the matches that made him want to leave? I, never... I don't know. Um, I, I think Christian just had made up his mind that he needed to move on and, and make a name elsewhere to come back and be worth more. And yeah, I mean, as we know, that is going to happen. He, he is going to pop up as captain charisma. Uh, I think his contract expired on like Halloween and according to Meltzer, I think they were asking him to, to resign a new contract, but he's going to decline and he's out of there. And, uh, he debuts, I guess in, in, in November, just a couple of weeks later, how often do you think, I mean, is there a moment in, 
it feels like a lot of these sort of journeyman type guys who have a ton of success as a part of one act when they have to do something different. It feels like it can go one of two ways. And I think Christian probably did the right thing and pulled himself out of the situation just to, as Jim Ross used to say, as you joke all the time, go learn a new hold. How advisable do you think that is for a guy to, you know, get a change of scenery? It obviously depends on the talent, but for anyone, uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder. So if you go away, sometimes they'll go, boy, I'm glad he's gone. But after a while, they start to miss you. And when you come back, they realize that, hey, I missed him for a while, and they're much more appreciative a lot of times. Then you just don't want to overstay your welcome. Let's uh, get to the next question here. The Rosencoaster writes, why did Triple H take time off after the show? Did he just need a break? Was he injured? Didn't bother me either way. I was just curious if you had any firsthand knowledge of why he was out. I don't remember. I, I just, I don't remember. It may have just been to, you know, nagging injuries and, and take a little bit of time off. It happens. Adam writes, Batista was at his best against triple H. Does Bruce think that the game could have been more giving with some other opponents throughout the years? This is some of the triple H hate that I admit I have subscribed to over the years, but I do agree, man, when he was invested, goodness gracious, he made Batista a huge star here. I mean, I think most would agree that Batista's best opponent, probably triple H. Yeah, but I think the triple H has made a lot of guys that he's been in the ring with, including Batista, obviously, but you look at a guy like the rock and Austin and those matches with triple H really helped. It helped make all of them. And I think that he's done an excellent job throughout the years and everything and making guys and getting them over. Um, on this day in WWE asks, would Bruce have accepted Lillian's proposal or would he have opted to ride on the Godfather's hoe train? I'd have opted to just go home. <laughs> you know what? That's real life behind the scenes. Bruce would have just said, can I go? Cause I'd really like to go. <laughs> yeah. When's the next flight? Yeah. I'll drive. Can I just leave? That would be good. Uh, John Alba friend of the show, right? So around this time, people thought Christian was on the verge of breaking through into the main event as a mainstay, but he didn't. Uh, why do you think that is? And why do you think his TNA stint propelled him there? I mean, it's a great follow-up question. You know, we've talked about it before that you've often joked that one of the ideas Vince had was let's just put a blue dot over Christian's face for whatever reason. He just wasn't going to get behind him as a singles performer. And he's getting a little bit of popularity. He's getting a little bit of uh, momentum here, but Vince just doesn't see it. But when he goes to TNA, He's presented as a top guy, becomes their world champion, and he comes back in. And what do you know? He wins the world heavyweight championship here as well. But I don't think that maybe would have been in the cards for him had he not left. Is it just timing? What it is just timing. And it's being able to give an example of what you can do somewhere else where you may not be given that platform. So he took that platform elsewhere, made the most of it. And then said, Hey, I can do it. And when you prove that you can do it and give an example of it, then it's a lot easier to see. 
You can get out of debt faster and with cheaper monthly payments at SaveWithConrad.com. But don't take my word for it. Just ask Andrew in Florida. He hooked us up with a five-star review and had this to say, very easy and Derek was great to work with. I went to a 20 year from a 30 year. I saved seven years of interest. Plus I have a cheaper payment than my 30 year was all around a great deal and couldn't be happier. Thanks so much. I want you to do me a favor. Do the math on that. What if we cut six years off of your loan? That's 72 payments. You know, to the penny, how much you pay on your house every month, multiply it by 72. That's the amount of money you could save if we cut six years off of your loan. Find out right now for free. And oh, by the way, as you heard, cheaper monthly payments. Why wouldn't you do this? Keep more of your own money at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payment for two months? We're licensed in more than 40 states and even credit scores in the 500s can qualify. What are you waiting for? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. Uh, interesting question here from Pete. He says, how complex or not is the production process behind a hell in a cell match? Thinking in terms of construction, arena requirements, number of cameras, time, cost, etc. We haven't really talked about that, but from a production side, does the hell in a cell add a whole new wrinkle? That's a ton more work. Well, it's a ton more work for setup because you've got to construct the hell in a cell and that's a big monstrosity in and of itself. So you've got to construct it, you've got to hang it, you've got to reinforce it, and that's about it. I mean, that's it's a pain in the ass, yes, it does require more work. However, the crews have gotten to a point where it's just another day. Hey, we need a hell in a cell. Uh, we got to get that done. They get it done. Hey, we need an elimination chamber. You get that done. And it does require more setup, does require more time. But it's just another day at the office. It's it's a difference between hey I've got you know fifteen new home loans and I've got twelve refinances today. Um, some's going to require more work than the other, but you're happy for them all and you just get it done. Uh, Corey Payne wants to know who created the set. You know this is something that we get questions about all the time, Bruce. A lot of our listeners really preferred the old school themed pay-per-view entrance sets as opposed to the fully digital led jones that we get these days who would have been in charge of creating some of these set designs back in the day you know back about this time may have been jason robinson and this was a concerted effort to try and make everyone unique and utilize but if you notice we utilized a lot of the same elements in different ways so it was just the creativity of those folks in set design that would come up and say, hey, what about this? And throw out an idea that would work and go build the son of a bitch day of. And hit and miss at that point, take th some things away. Hey, can we add this? Is there anything over here we can do? So that's, that's what we did. I believe it was Jason Robinson who was doing that at the time. Captain Millennial wants to know, did Batista wear all white on this show to highlight how much blood Triple H drew in that match? I would hope so. I mean, that's kind of the name of the game, right? If you're going to do it, make the most of it. I mean, hell, why not? If you're going to get blood and your manager, you wear a white coat. 
Jack Styles wants to know at this point, who did Vince think was the face of the WWE Batista or John Cena? Hmm. See on, on the surface to me, hell in a cell closing the show. I mean, he closed it at mania too. It feels like he thinks it's Batista at this point, and he's still trying to bump Hulk, up, not Hulk, but Cena up a little bit. So he's, he's rubbing him up against Hulk Hogan and other things like that, to maybe boost him. But to me, it looks like he's thinking it's Batista here. I think the jury was still out and I think it was, we're going to see what's going to happen. Um, Dave may have been for the time, but I think John was the guy that, uh, that was coming up in the ranks and, and able to do it all. Uh, Chris Herman wants to know out of everyone who's used the move, does Kane give the best choke slam of all? No, Taker does. Kane's the second best. Kieran Walsh wants to know the vengeance. 05 set is my all time favorite. Why did WWE stop using individual sets for pay-per-views as opposed to the one size fits all these days? Just budget and looking at, you know, sometimes having to recreate all that and, and do new and it's budget simplicity is the main reason. Obtuse angles wants to know, is this one of the most underrated hell in a cell matches of all time? It kind of gets overshadowed by the excellent Kurt and Sean match on this very card, but damn, did it tell a story? It was one of the most, yes, it was one of the best hell in a cell matches of all time and a damn good pay-per-view of all time that I think doesn't get enough credit. I didn't give it enough credit as to why in the hell we were doing it. Yeah, it was. I mean, go back and watch it. I mean, this is a two match show. There's a lot of great stuff on here, but two matches blow everything else away. Uh, and I can't recommend them enough. Check them out. Uh, we'll do one more and then we'll wrap things up here. Um, well, I guess we'll do two more. Scott wants to know, Bruce, why did triple H take the summer off? Was he burned out? We were talking earlier about, you know, guys needing time away. And I think somewhere I might have it mixed up, but somewhere in 05, you took a little bit of a break too, right? You were working from home more. Tell me about how burnout became a thing for you in this era. It was, you know, it was more of a thing of spent. I, I had spent so much time dealing with a lot of personal things, um, with my family's health and, and you get caught up in all of that. You try to use work almost as the escape. And when both become overwhelming, you got to choose and, and you have to, you have to choose one or the other, but in reality you have to choose yourself and get yourself okay to deal with one or the other end or both. So for me, I had just reached the point of, I was ready to explode. I was, I was ready to explode because I wanted to escape into work. And at the same time, I had to deal with a lot of uh, medical issues on the family side. So trying to do both, it just, it, it just stretched me about as thin as I could go. And before I snapped, I had to walk away and just, um, 
take a, uh, I forget what the hell the doctor called it. Uh, wasn't a sabbatical or leave of absence or something like that. But I just, I had to get away. I had, I had to just shut down, um, get my head right and take care of my family because that was the most important thing. Well, we're glad you did. And I hope that you get to do that again soon because, uh, I can't imagine you've had uh, an easy go of it, uh, these last few months, but we appreciate you finding time, even on Sunday to catch up with us, talk a little wrestling. We've got a big July plan for you guys, but I do want to mention I've already got my research ready to go for Jacques Rougeau, and that'll be a bonus show dropping over at adfreeshows.com between Bruce and myself. There's lots of other fun stuff on there. And one of these, I think you'll get a kick out of Bruce. I'm playing clips of old shoot interviews and letting Eric Bischoff respond to people shitting on him. This is going to be fun. I'm not in there. Am I? No, you didn't bury him as far as I could tell, but I'll double check. Uh, next week though, you and I are going to do something we've never done. We've always agreed. We're not going to talk about anything current, but we're going to talk about something from 2017, believe it or not, before Bruce was back with WWE, he did have a cup of coffee in impact wrestling. So we're going to cover Slammiversary 15 from 2017. It was in the impact zone. The main event is Alberto El Patron and Bobby Lashley underneath. We've got, well, a little bit of everything including Jeremy Borash teaming up with Joseph Park to defeat Josh Matthews and Scott Steiner. I can't believe this all happened. Bruce was there for all of it. Is this, uh, in hindsight, how bizarre was your time in impact wrestling in 2017? Well, see, here's the funny thing. The, that stint in impact wrestling was probably the easiest gig I've ever had in wrestling because I went in strictly as a talent. Now, uh, I was invited into the production meetings and I did help out. You know, I gave my opinion and consulted on some things, but 98% of that gig was, Hey Bruce, we want you to come in and be an on-air talent. And it was fun just to get there and only have to worry about myself and only have to worry about what I had to do on camera. So from that perspective, point of view it was a completely different way for me to look at going to work in the business for for that time frame well stay tuned that's what's coming your way next friday july 3rd at slammiversary 2017 we'll cruise through july on the 10th doing kevin nash in the wwe we'll cover diesel and we'll of course we'll talk about the nwo and the black and white and the return in 02 we'll get in your house number two the very second in your house on july 17th Great American Bash 05 will be our topic on July 24th, and we'll wrap up July revisiting a Saturday night's main event from late July 1990. I am so excited about what we've got coming. You'll get all these shows early and ad-free over at adfreeshows.com. Until next time, he is at Bruce Pritchard. I am at Hey Hey, it's Conrad, and we are out of time. We'll see you next week right here for Slammiversary 2017 on Something to Wrestle With. Bruce Pritchard. Shaka Khan. I've been telling you for a long time that SaveWithConrad.com can save you money, but don't take my word for it. Good morning. Hey, this is Dave Silva. I'm calling from Save With Conrad. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing good, buddy. I'm doing great. I listen to you guys all the time. Actually. Oh, man, that's awesome. Five, 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 all five, <laughs> five podcasts. Okay, so what made you come to Save With Conrad in the first place? 
Uh, I was just looking to try to refinance my my home and try to get a, a better better deal on my home as well as trying to cut out some of my my credit card and uh, other debts that I had and I had worked with worked with Derek and he was he was amazing like he answered every question that that I needed answered and he was able to answer those questions as quickly as possible. If he wasn't able to answer things, he would get back home to me within like within like an hour with, with those answers. So he was just flat out amazing to work with. How much money was Save with Conrad able to save you? So they paid off my car, paid off several credit cards. I want to say in the long run, probably about 40000 for sure. That's fantastic, man. That's great. Congratulations. Yeah, man. I yeah. Thank you for calling. I really appreciate your call. And like I said, um, I listen to you guys all the all the time. I've listened to Conrad ever uh, Conrad Thompson ever since the Ric Flair show. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the five hundreds can be approved. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than forty states. We can help more families than ever before. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did I mention you could skip your next two house payments? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? Yeah, how many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.